Yeah, I, I guess like this begs the question though, like when we're talking about what we're working towards and the suffering that mm-hmm. we did, which I honestly feel like that's what I equated beauty to was like, I right. get it if I suffer. To you, what is Indian beauty? Ah, uh, yes. When it comes to us ladies, I have seen <laughs> it described as tall, slim, fair, and lovely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's in every bio data website when you're looking for a man um, yes. they have a little drop down of complexions and then sometimes the counterpart will say that they're looking for a fair slim lovely bride and it's uh that's definitely what i have seen as the definition to feminine beauty in our culture and I love the dramatics associated with it because <laughs> it is so true. Like you see this thing. And then honestly, also, I will say like, this is me being a little like judgmental Judy, but like sometimes I'm like the people who post that, I'm like, did you see if you're fair and lovely or like, yeah, you know, like yeah. why is this the standard for me? But exactly. you get to just rock your look. Um, so that's just one piece, but Dude, fair and lovely. Like, can we take a second to talk about that? Yes. <laughs> I 100% more than a second am down to absolutely rip that one apart because it makes me very, very angry. I know. Okay. <laughs> so do you remember the commercials? Oh, my gosh. Yes. How could I ever forget? And we had Do you such... remember a specific commercial story? Because there, there were so many, like, creative story arcs that they would put in those ads. Man, I've got to tell you, I don't remember any of the stories, but I do remember when like a person would happen upon or a woman most of the time, even though we had Shara Khan as a fair and lovely ambassador at I one know. point. <laughs> I I do remember seeing like a darkened woman uh, who was a little miserable and then came upon this fair and lovely, applied it. And all of a sudden she's like Jamkila and bright and white <laughs> and like her hair is just billowing in the wind now. Like she's a perfect princess and like, here we go. That's it. That's the standard. This beautiful, fair woman with perfect hair. So <laughs> that's that kind is of like- a perfect summary. That is exactly, <laughs> I feel like they're, they're like, how do we drill this arc? Every single commercial. So I remember from all those like times I would spend in India, like certain specific stories of that, where it was like the woman wants to get a job and be taken seriously in the boardroom Mm -hmm. and she does it. And then 10 shades after people take her seriously and she gets promoted. And there was another one where like guys are coming to see her for an arranged marriage and then Mm -hmm. she's not getting anyone. She does it. And all of a sudden men are lined up at her door. It's so toxic. The takeaway. It's sickening, really. Like, it just, oh, nothing disgusts me more. I do remember, yeah, going to India, there was definitely a bit of, because like I told you, I played soccer and you play soccer in the summer. (laughs) So it's hot outside, the sun's out. So your skin color changes, you tan, right? That's natural, that's normal. And it looks Mm -hmm. freaking fantastic. You're like a gold goddess at that point. You're bronzed and beautiful. But when you go to India, that's not the case. Because they look at you and they say, or what they said to me at the time was, wow, like her color literally dulled because she was white and bright when she was younger. When I was never white, but I was like lighter skinned when Mm -hmm. I wasn't playing in the sun. And it's like, I don't know what you're saying because I'm out here working on the soccer field and having a good time and expending energy and exercising. So I don't know why this matters. Plus, added bonus, I think I look better with the tan. So (laughs) I'm not sure what you're talking about, but it looks good to me. So that's, yeah, that was definitely a thing that was... um, 
very much a part of the summer trips to India. And then my sister actually went to get her eyebrows waxed, much like you were talking about in India mm -hmm. or threaded at the time. And they told her to, that she needed to bleach her face because she oh swam. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she would swim in high school and they told her she was too dark and she needed to bleach her face. And they did it without even like getting her consent <gasps> on it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh -huh. The audacity to think like, they're entitled to do that. Like, that's how strong that standard is. Yeah. It was crazy. I'm so sorry that happened to your sister. I know. And like, we think about, we think back to it now and we're like, man, how fucked up was that? Like, what? Oh, what totally. Were they thinking to yeah. do something like that. And there it also lies like a, yeah, like you're starting <laughs> way, like, like it's not hard enough internalizing those things as an adult, but as a kid, it starts so early Mm -hmm. that that's why it's so like part of your dna um yeah going to beaches or like trips where you're out in the sun everyone around me like i grew up with a very mixed group of people and especially when i was in pleasanton growing up uh very majority white and so yeah. no one understood why i was so scared of the sun um, right. It also just builds this really weird relationship with the sun. Maybe that's also why we're, like, we're not as encouraged to go out and run mm -hmm. and like do things because it makes you darker. Definitely. Um, and so it's weird because I do feel like I was appreciated more in American standards because if you're if you're tan, you're tan, right? Like right. at that point, you're just like if someone appreciates you tan, it felt like they'll just accept me. But I started to believe that Americans actually liked me more because mm -hmm. they didn't comment on like, oh, you're dark. Maybe they thought it privately. But in India, they'll say it and be like, put you in a bottom tier, right? Which and makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> They're lost because melanated skin is beautiful. Yes. It is so warming to look down at my legs and be like, oh, so cozy. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, yes, melanin. I'm here for it. I love it. Absolutely. And speaking of Shahrukh Khan earlier and melanin, mm -hmm. um, what you mentioned, like, this is something that is very problematic that no one visits. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about like Shahrukh Khan being the king. Uh, mm -hmm. Even recently, Priyanka Chopra is very much someone that I kind of pay attention to because a, I've always loved her from day one. Right. But there are a lot of contradictions she does. For example, her being a strong, you know, advertiser and ambassador for Fair and Lovely at a period of time. Yeah. She was also shades darker when you look at her starting mm -hmm. out and now what she looks like you're like something happened there that wasn't just like you staying out of the sun oh yeah and she now when she like posted about like Kamala recently on her Instagram and like oh my gosh like first VP I'm not trying to say like she doesn't she's not allowed to celebrate it but I, right. I just felt like something was missing for me in the sense like her ownership over how she has fed into colorism and then now to celebrate a woman of color president, mm -hmm. it just seemed sort of odd to me. Um, like I a shift, totally like, see that. Right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. what do you think? So as a celebrity in this position where people look up to you, you need to go back and look at the ads that you endorsed previously because endorsing a product such as Fair and Lovely is a huge problem, especially when you're trying to sweep under a rug that you did this thing you can't do this sort of stuff in an environment like today where people are actively calling you out <laughs> you've got mm -hmm. to come clean you have to like talk about what you did 
and you have to like at that time you may not have loved yourself because of the beauty standard that was set on you so you endorsed a product that right yeah like break that i don't know like bring you to a pedestal (laughs) that was more palatable to the indian people who looked up to you but you also unfortunately helped set the standard of what beauty is in that way which is not natural to so many south asians because like you said people like Ashwarya Rai with super light skin are anomalies. So at this point, you really have to go about bringing those things up yourself and talking about it. You can't just like sweep it under a rug and celebrate Kamala Harris and like, let's forget about the fact that I was basically colorist at one point. Right. (laughs) And it's okay to your point on like, if I don't expect her to, since we're talking about Priyanka Chopra, I don't expect her to say like, I should have known better because- Who knows? She was actually in the middle of the like the eye of the storm in terms of like the beauty standards that are yep. being told to her in a industry like that of you know fashion and movies and so I don't even blame her. She's sort of a receptacle to all of this, but right, right. maybe even just acknowledging like yeah, I get that, and this is the journey that I'm on now, right? Which is what makes me disconnect from her when I was otherwise like a very connected fan to her. Yeah, um, because I do, but there are lots that I appreciate too. She introduced Indian beauty to the mainstream like ABC right. channels and things like that, mm-hmm. where now people know her as a household name. But definitely, um, I, I feel a little betrayed in that sense of like now we know better Priyanka like I think you can say something yeah you can address it uh, because people have called out fair and lovely for some time and it's really just amplifying now especially on platforms like TikTok and such so you can you can address it you can say listen at the time my my own sense of beauty and self-worth was because of that beauty standard and like would I endorse it now knowing what I know absolutely not There's a world where you can say that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And we're living in it now. Um, We're much more accountable. (laughs) Exactly. uh, Even Fair and Lovely, I'm not going to even give them the brownie point, but one small thing they're doing to change Mm -hmm. their course is they're apparently dropping the fair um, and going to rebrand the title of it. It's not going to change what the product is, right? Right. So like, that's not better. But I guess they're, quote, listening to the feedback. Um, Right. But... I definitely like I I remember buying myself a tube in high school um, when I came back from India to just see like, okay what is this product? But I think I secretly did wish it would fix my skin tone because at the time I, you know, like what you painted is like the this is the description of like the standard Indian beauty that people value. I was not that. Um, Now when I look at pictures, I'm like, girl, you were skinny as fuck. Like you should have embraced it then. Right. Like now I'm like, oh, my God, can I have an apple? Mm-hmm. But back then, I remember I like felt really dark. A lot of, especially like Indian guys and girls, like I felt they looked at me with like the girl with personality, but not the girl who would you know be asked out for a dance or mm-hmm. be welcomed as a person that someone would have cr- like crushes on. Right. And like to this day, I have not had one Indian person ever approach me romantically. Like what? Yeah, I have, like, this is, like, something that, and I'm not saying it in a woe is me, but I just was, like, wait, like, what is going on? Like, I thought, like, I had a lot of crushes on Indian guys, but I remember once, like, there was a friend in San Jose that I have, like, she's still a best friend of mine, Mm -hmm. but she um, 
was showing this guy like, oh, like this is my friend. And he's like, can I see a picture? Because mm-hmm. he's like fucking boy. And um, and she like showed a picture and he was like, oh, she doesn't look like she would like have a boyfriend. What? Um, and yeah. And so I remember feeling really hurt by that comment. Um, and it just, yeah, it stayed with me even now, clearly. Yeah, it's shocking, yet it's not shocking because of once again, the beauty standards we've grown up with. But it's wrong because you're beautiful. What an uplifting conversation, by the way. <laughs> it's a fun society. Be... We have each other. We do. We do. <laughs> They're all wrong. Yeah. And I know we joke about it. But ultimately, I think these things that happen, again, it's not there's a place if you imagine like a pie chart, there's a certain section of the pie chart that I think, OK, there's someone that contributed to it. There was a comment that was said, et cetera. Right. And then the rest of it, I see it as sort of like the thing that we take from it and then how we run with it mm-hmm. and we weave it into our like bloodstream of what we tell ourselves. Right. And that becomes the self-talk. And I think therein lies the danger. Yeah. Because we know even now those comments are not going to change. Right. Um, there are still people out there who are going to hate if you post a picture. There's always going to be one asshole who's like, oh, like so ugly or like something. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but then there's always like the piece of now, what do I do with this? And I think we were like, I feel like I've been developing that muscle. Um, yes. And it's been very much a work in progress, but Mm -hmm. there's one life coach I worked with a few years ago who told me like, well, Hari, like you're very judgmental about, um, yourself and your body. Like I was really struggling with body issues. So I got this coach to kind of help me talk through it. Right. Um, and she was like, you know, when you walk into a bus, do you kind of, how do you look at people? Do you notice when people don't look the way that, you know, society mainstream tells us to? And I was like, well, I don't think like, oh, you, but I will note like, oh, this person's body looks like this or this color could have been nicer. Mm -hmm. And she's like, that's what it is. Like when you, when you feel that way about you, you do that to other people Mm. as well. So she's like, what if you went onto the bus tomorrow when you go to work and you just went into the bus and be like, oh, that woman is wearing a lovely yellow top. Oh, that like guy is like, you know, just a really happy guy. Like just replace it with very positive reinforcement. That's how you're going to start talking to yourself. And it really did work, honestly, for myself. Like, so I realized the criticality we feel about others typically also is more to do with ourselves. It's interesting that you mentioned that because my mom is actually very similar. She holds the Indian beauty standard in high regard. So she very much judges herself. And then you will see her judge other people. Like she'll make comments about what people are wearing to me or what they look like. And I'm like, mom, they look fine. What they're wearing is great. They're awesome. You're awesome. This needs to stop. So very much the inward way that you look at yourself does come out and you do look at other people and judge them with that same beauty standard in mind. Yeah. It's sort of like an almost anxious tick. Like with anxiety, a Mm -hmm. lot of people ask, like, if you weren't thinking about this X that you was making you anxious, what would you be thinking about? And it sort of like mind fucks you for a second where you're like, whoa, if I wasn't obsessing over her X, I might have been free to think about this. So similarly, I think like if you, I wonder sometimes if we freed ourselves from the amount of time and real estate that these types Mm -hmm. of standards and judgments take, like what would we be free to think about? And, you know, your mom is unfortunately just, you know, she's probably someone who's heard everything growing up too and is Mm -hmm. just emulating what she has seen and modeled to her. And this happens to 
all of us, including my mom, our families, our family friends, right in our circles. Yeah, it's that's very accurate. It's not even like you said, it's not coming from them directly. It's like they're a mouthpiece of an idea that started who knows when. Exactly. (laughs) And it's kind of funny. It's sort of like I'm trying to gear my shift thinking and shifting it towards um sort of like a breakup so humor me um with a breakup right your friends or like therapists will be like stop ruminating over all the things you'll miss and positives like especially if it was a good decision to break up and focus on the things that made you break up in the first place so we tend to think like oh but I'll never find someone who makes me laugh that way or who does this right and yeah. Um, that's a really bad way of like reiterating there are plenty of fish in the sea. So similarly, mm-hmm. if you just focused on like, but he didn't meet my needs, he didn't do this, blah, blah, or she didn't do this, then you probably would get over it faster. And similarly, if we focus more yes. on the positives, we'd probably be happier with ourselves than I could be this. I should be this. I would be this. Mm-hmm. Very true. That's so true mm-hmm. and very important. I hope people can start moving toward doing more of that. Because it's far less detrimental. It's like, great. (laughs) Absolutely. And I know this is easy for me to say as someone without as much of a platform as you, but I'm actually really, I'm so excited to ask you a bit more about your role at BuzzFeed. And you have really put yourself out there in this sense, working for a company like BuzzFeed that does a lot of reporting and journalism, but then also you're one of the faces that I never get to see up there, right? Like in those videos, I even, I remember I wrote something at some point of like, could we see some more brown people? Like, you know, at that point it was like a a pretty white, like in the beginning and, um, so it, it, I just am so thankful that you have taken that step, made put yourself in situations where you're more vulnerable and open to really share your story on these videos that we get to see every day. Um, and so I'm curious, like, what is that experience like being so exposed in a way? And how did that make you aware of your own body and looks and beauty being on screen like that? For sure. So that's a really interesting question. I mean, at first, I so I wasn't very good at makeup, okay? <laughs> and the audience is quick to call you out on what you're not good at. So they, I would slather on a bunch of highlighter and my eyeshadow blending skills were like negative. <laughs> so basically the audience would like constantly call that out. And you know, you're not supposed to, they tell you don't read the comments because people are mean, but I read them yeah. anyway, even though I shouldn't have. But I did learn from it because now I don't get those comments because I did learn how to properly put your highlight on, how to properly blend your eyeshadow. And now people tell me that they like the highlights or they like the eyeshadow. So I'm like, great, I did it. That's right, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I figured it out. But definitely like for at first, especially I was really nervous, right? Because it was my first time ever doing something like that. And it really did like get in my head like, oh, man, I need to like look and present myself this kind of way but nowadays like there's some videos that I've been in where I don't even bother putting on makeup like if it's a workout video like maybe I'll do the intro and outro with makeup on but the workout I'm not putting makeup on to work out so you're just gonna see my face for what it is 
and it is what it is. And I've become more confident in myself because of that. However, of course, like for that intro and outro, I do try and put my best face forward like anyone else would because it's a first impression. <laughs> so yeah. there's a bit of that, but I have gotten more confident in myself because, you know, it's who, it's who I'm trying to be on this video. It's like, I need to, in order to give other girls confidence, I need to be confident, right? Yes. I can't like nitpick everything. So I learned makeup because of the mean comments. Thank you to everyone who bullied me into getting better. <laughs> and then I gained more confidence, which is, I thought that was a win. Damn. Like that is a really good attitude to have about those types of comments, because I'm sure you can go in a different <laughs> direction and it doesn't justify the For fact sure. that people do feel like behind the screen, you can be all ballsy, right? It's like, cat calling right, right. I feel like yeah you feel so bold in the safety of your car shouting out right yes so I feel like yes. yeah it's really unfortunate we live in a society like this where people do that but I love how you took it and just made it something that became your strength um you look fabulous whether or not you have makeup on in these videos and I feel Thank like you. it makes it really relatable to see someone who also isn't putting so much, you know, like makeup, I think is so such a useful tool for us to feel confident Yes, and it is mm -hmm. a choice. So I don't think anything's wrong with putting makeup on. I love it, but right. it's also nice to see what people look like and not feel pressure to have to do it just because. Exactly. That's, I try and keep it healthy, like a healthy mix. And like, once again, like you said, power to the people who do want to wear makeup to the gym and like be their most confident yeah. self. But man, I just, I can't do it. Exactly. <laughs> <You're claustrophobic, laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, do what you please to feel your best. But yeah, I, I do like the added relatability. Like, oh, every so often, you know, you can take a look at my dark under eye circles and like, it is what it is. So. <laughs> yeah. um, how, how many videos would you say that you've been on? Oh, that is a good question. Maybe above a hundred, around two hundred. It's hard for me Holy to like put shit. an exact number on it. Yeah, <laughs> quite a few. Oh my gosh, quite that's amazing. Um, and so af after you're doing all this content, now you've had experience doing a diversity of content. What have you found right. that you gravitate towards and that you get most excited about? What type of content do you feel the most passionate about putting out? So that. That's something I have to think about because honestly, I'm passionate about so many things, right? So for me, it's like, okay, anything that piques my general interest, it's not necessarily bound to one type of video content. Like I like working out. I like cooking. I like beauty. I like, I'm fascinated by horror. So like any, most of the castings I apply to, I'm already super interested in them because like we get, um, people who are producing the videos will send out these casting emails and you get to respond based on your interests. So my most recent favorite one was um, I was cast in a video where we got to work out like Kamala Harris for a week. And that was super oh, fun. Sweet. One, I like working out. Two, it's Kamala Harris. Incredible. Obviously an inspiration. I know. Black um, happy. VP. She's official VP day. Yes. She's an she is our official vice president. So that was huge. I was very excited for that. So like things like that, that I can kind of connect with. Plus it was trying something new, right? Cause her workout isn't necessarily my workout. Mm -hmm. So it was fun to like switch it up a little bit. So I do love doing things where I can try new things. I love trying out beauty trends. And like, honestly, I'm interested in everything. So I wouldn't say that I have one favorite type, but everything that I've been involved in thus far, um, I have thoroughly enjoyed. 
That kind of sounds like a dream job scenario. <laughs> it's pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Very rarely am I like, I liked every project that I was on. <laughs> so that's right? really great. That you <laughs> felt that way. So what video would you say that you're proudest of? That was perhaps the most, um, you know, it required the most amount of vulnerability. I feel like to a degree, every single one of these requires some vulnerability because people are so critical on the internet in different ways. But there was one video where we got to model with our insecurities and I have like light stretch marks around my thighs. Like they're like the lighter whitish color. So I did that and that required being more vulnerable and open. And then there was another one where I had to wear a bikini at the beach and that for the first time. So that required a lot of vulnerability and putting yourself out there. And then another one was I wore a Gagra Lehenga, Gagra Choli for the first time. Um, for a Bollywood makeover. Yeah, it was like the first time I wore it in like a state where I hadn't starved myself, right? So I was no longer anorexic. I had finally started eating. So I was thicker than what I was used to. And I was trying to gain confidence in this new body because I'm not going to lie to you, like, especially when your parents are critical or your mom, like for me, my mom is very critical of my weight. She'll bring it up all the time. Every so often I'll slip into it. Am I not good enough? And like, I try my hardest to stay out of that. Um, but it's a back and forth, right? Like I'm not a hundred percent confident all the time, even though I try my best to be And Some days I look at myself and I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling this right now. But this was one of the times where I was like, all right, I am going to feel myself and it is going to be great. And there was a makeup artist who did the most awesome makeup. And I wore this beautiful outfit and I was like, I feel good. Even though this is my first time wearing a two piece outfit with a new body type or a different, a body type that isn't accepted necessarily by my mother so it was nice it was fun I felt very free and um, that was a beautiful experience honestly I want to just like reach out and give you a hug virtually because I feel like that has to be such an I can completely relate I feel like anyone listening like whether you're a like a woman man a boy girl like we all experience these types of insecurities and especially like I, I know that feeling completely with Indian clothes, especially like um, swimsuits, obviously, but, you know, especially like people will be like, yeah, like, please like wear a sari. You'll look so good. So traditional. Like, right. and you're like, no, 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 it's not that easy because once I don that sari, there's a whole slew of commentary that I'm inviting. Um, mm-hmm. And you're right. Like, I mean, again, like your mom represents like the voice of that type of, it's not just your mom. Like right. there are a lot of folks who have that. And one thing that I've really been like kind of um, aiding my and healing a little bit through that is like reading this book that for my whole life, people have been recommending this book since it came out. And now I'm realizing why. But um, have you read The Body is Not an Apology? I have not. Oh, my gosh. Obviously, so, I need to. Yeah, I will send that to you. It's such a great like it's the voice of an, a complete badass. Her name is Sonia Renee Taylor. And she actually writes Mm -hmm. about how when we are body shame makes us miserable, but you actually end up and we only think about that. But then also she's like, it makes the people around you miserable because when you do that, then like people are watching, people are listening to how you talk about your own body and thinking that's how you also probably think about my body. And you kind of, it becomes Mm -hmm. this contagious ill cycle Um, And I'm sure like when I hear, you know, you're, you're giving the example of your mom, but like people who do that, like 
they probably heard it from someone else. They're probably passing it along. Right. So it's like cyclical. Um, and I'm yeah. just so impressed that like, not only did you get over it, but in in front of you, you coped with it in front of an audience. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It was, a, it was definitely a test. And I felt as though, hey, I passed. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> and great. you look as sexy yeah. as fuck in all those video- like videos, by the way. You look so oh, you strong so and confident and happy. And that's, I think, like the best makeup you can put on a woman is just like her feeling herself. Yes. And that is the thing I have learned for sure. Yeah. The confidence is so key to feeling yourself and feeling sexy and feeling good. Absolutely. And you mentioned horror. So let's dial into that a little yes. bit because this is not <laughs> a common thing that I feel like Indian culture tends to celebrate. Like even in Bollywood, right. you have like one or two sort of spooky movies, but everyone kind of avoids it because we kind of mm-hmm. see it with like a negative cur you know, like it's sort of the negative aspects of like what you do pujas and stuff to get rid of. But to sort of embrace it isn't because you embrace evil, but I know that like horror brings out like a really interesting element and it's almost like a foil to comedy and like romance, right? So it's important to also Mm -hmm. delve into that genre. How did you find yourself embracing this? Like, tell me more about it because I love how you embrace it. For sure. I mean, when I was a kid, my parents were very... um, they were very good with money. <laughs> they wanted to save. And every Halloween, when we would go trick-or-treating, I would see these houses with these dope decorations. And I like fell in love with it when I was a kid. And I was like, man, I love Halloween. I love these people's decorations. I want to make my house like that. So I really got into like DIYing as a child, my own Halloween decor, because my parents were like, well, I'm only going to give you a budget of X amount and whatever else is what we have at home, or you can make something if you want. So I made like a witch scarecrow and I made like, I would make like little paintings and drawings and stick them on the windows and like throw spider webs all over the place. And I just, ever since I was a kid, I really just loved the, the feeling of being afraid and also just enjoying the decor aspect. So I really got into it when I was very young. As I grew older, I started movies and then going back to when I was a kid I would read a lot of scary stories so like I really I don't know what it was that like made it click as pro- I'm gonna say it was Halloween I'm attributing it to that and to learning about death when I was super super young and just like all right I'm, this is a thing that happens anyway so I'm gonna embrace that part and then I'm gonna have fun with Halloween in and of itself so I really just started going off in that direction and <laughs> I had like this little I don't know like dark demoness inside of me and I really enjoyed like bringing yeah. that persona out and it's like, like you're Sasha I, Fierce like, yes yes that's my inner version of that right my like, <laughs> spooky Sasha Fierce so my husband is also just as into Halloween as I am and we decorate in August um, we start putting up our Halloween decorations in August which is very early for most people there's something to be said about enjoying something that's mysterious and spooky and not embraced by our culture I don't know what it is but I've always been drawn to it and I just love embodying that character and sprinkling her across my TikTok and my Instagram and in my life just so much it's always been fun to me and it is something I am very passionate about (laughs) I will admit I was never number one in line for the Halloween or horror fan club but you do have me thinking about 
it's almost like a form of avoidance that we use for these types of evil, death, darkness. We, we tend to avoid it because it's unpleasant maybe to come to terms with the reality of what's inevitable. But I really do love how you fully proactively call it out. So you just become very comfortable with it and celebrate it. Sort of like the uh, Dios de la Mertos, like kind of vibe where if you celebrate it and acknowledge it's a part of life, what's there to fear? Being scared is a real feeling. We shouldn't avoid it. We should have fun with it. And death is also a thing. So we should embrace that too. Completely agree. And you specifically converted me over to the side. I will say I can only imagine that this is something that people might struggle with personally, this topic and the darkness that's associated with it. So sometimes when people struggle with something, they tend to take it out on the other person and call people names or criticize. So I'm sure that you have folks that don't agree with this and make their voices heard. What has that been like? Right. I mean, I've definitely had some super religious people come at me and say that Jesus loves me and uh, I should probably not be. These horns are scary and it's kind of sad that I'm wearing them. And I've also had my dad tell me, like, I don't know why you're so into this stuff. I like happy things. Why don't you like happy things? And it's like, I do like happy things, but I also like scary things. And he doesn't like when I wear dark lipstick, but I'm like, man, black lipstick is literally my favorite lipstick. So I'm going to wear black lipstick when I want, especially starting September through October, it's happening. So it's, that's basically kind of what I get. And I think it's because people fear those things, right? It's not so much that they dislike them, it's the negativity and fear associated with it. And most of the feedback I get is honestly positive um, because it's something that's not touched upon so much. I feel like people enjoy seeing it, but the few negative like pieces of feedback I get is because of, yeah, avoidance, fear, religion. <laughs> so, yeah. I really admire you. Now, do you ever engage with those comments or respond to those? So usually I don't necessarily respond to those people because you can't necessarily change someone's mind. But if I were to respond, I would probably say something along the lines of, listen, I mean, this is a journey that we all will take one day. And it's just you might as well just embrace it because I'm not doing anything evil. Um, I'm having fun and I'm not wishing evil on anyone and nothing about this is evil. It's just what you believe it is. And it's not like that at all. Like I'm not doing anything to like curse anyone or anything like that. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's how I would go about it. Like this is all just me embracing a different part but it's not like me being like an evil person which is what you're all concerned about. It's not like that at all. I'm having fun. It's what it is. Yeah. At some point too, you're like, you don't have to follow me. This is not for you. It is really for me and whoever wants to see this. Exactly. Feel free to unfollow. Basically is what it is. If you don't want to see it, you don't have to. <laughs> Just don't follow me. Precisely. I actually, in a very different way, um, had an experience that gave me this kind of similar learning. So on my Instagram feed, there was a joke that was posted by this guy that said, Something along the lines of, I love how brown girls post their moms cooking as if they made it. Like, go fuck off, I'll marry your mom. And for many reasons, right? This is just kind of offensive. It's very abrasive, sexist. Also, like, very cute that you think my mom would want to do anything with you. But 
I commented a joke back because I just like wanted, I was feeling cheeky. And um, a bunch of girls were commenting similarly of like, this is just a really stupid joke. No one does this. Anyway, this one guy commented and was like, oh, so salty, huh? And I was like, no, just calling out a sexist joke when I see one. And then he kind of, he and I got into it a little bit. And I normally never get stuck into these comment holes, especially with people you don't know. But I kind of just wanted the practice of being able to speak up against this type of stuff. And um, we went back and forth about basically he was like, how is this sexist? And I thought he actually cared about the response. So I responded and he was like, man, you ladies get triggered over everything so easily. It You guys are so sensitive and stay triggered. Right. And I was like, thank you. I will. But, you know, that's just I realize like I'm not going to change this guy's mind. Basically, he's made up his mind actually about women. And maybe even five years ago, I would have fallen to that really wrong narrative that I've internalized about maybe I was being too sensitive and maybe he was right. But we know that's bullshit. And especially with the type of platform that you have and the way that your videos circulate globally, I can only imagine the type of comments sometimes that people give unsolicited. So I really, really appreciate and respect you for being able to see it as what it is and deciding about what do I want to do with this? How do I want to respond? And do I even? It's totally your choice. Oh, thank you so much. And obviously, I feel the same way. And I'm so glad you confronted that guy because he needs to face the truth. And obviously, he's unable to do so. But he probably cried about it later on. He's a loser. Amen. I mean, I'm really grateful for how much wokeness has happened in this space so that not only is it societally becoming more and more normalized to have these conversations call out these things, but also that we have then in turn been able to change and shift the course of our journey with ourselves and beauty. So like coming full circle, let's say you could go back in time and sit down with your 18 year old self while she's looking at the mirror. What would you say to her knowing what you do now, today? I would tell her that she needs to love herself, stop caring about what society dictates is beautiful because it's a lie and you are beautiful and being a beautiful person on the inside is just as important and you can't focus on trying to attain a body type that isn't naturally yours. You need to focus on being healthy, being strong, and you're going to be beautiful regardless, because that's how you were made to be. So love yourself and stop hating yourself and stop starving yourself, please. It's not worth it. Not worth it at all. Last but not least, it's time for the chip chip round. I wish I had like a gong to bang every time to punctuate this moment. I have a few fun questions to ask you to just get to know you a little differently. So I'm going to start. Number one, who is your idol in the bodybuilding space? Ooh, okay. So there's one South Asian woman who I really look up to. I started my journey actually looking at her workouts on the Muscle Farm website when she was represented or when she was affiliated with them. And her name was Harpreet. And her, I think is how you pronounce her last name. I'm so sorry. She's Punjabi. And I've, I've actually never heard that last name before, but it's P-A-N-D-H-E-R. She's stunning and strong and like really helped 
motivate me, especially seeing a South Asian in that space. And like, she's still super jacked, and super beautiful. And like, I really look up to her. So yeah, recommend her to anyone. Her social media is her name, Harpreet Pather. And I hope to God I'm pronouncing her name correctly, her last name. Definitely looking her up. Next, fuck, marry, or kill. Harley Quinn, Edward Scissorhands, Morticia Adams. All right, so I'm fucking Harley Quinn. I'm killing Edward Scissorhands and I'm marrying Morticia Adams because she is my queen. I love her so much. An idol. (laughs) Okay, so I might have made this way too easy. I tried to do as much research as I could on your Instagram to see what would make good options, but clearly I was a little too good. I, I feel like you might have. Damn it. Well, my next question might not be as obvious. I love your TikTok makeover videos. And in general, when anyone does one, I'm like, wait, one second you were in your sets. How did you get in your langa? And so I'm like, wow, what is this magic? But I imagine it takes a really long time. So how long does such a TikTok makeover video take? And what's your personal favorite? So usually that takes me around one and a half, two hours. There was one look that I did where I painted a skull on my face and it was like a like a corpse bride but make her daisy and that took me like three hours because the details on there were just so minuscule but so important right so painting my whole face so that took forever but yeah I would say around one and a half to two hours for a standard transformation and then something bigger like that is about three. Zam girl I mean on that note what makes you feel sexy? Now I would say confidence, hundred percent. Like that is when I am at my most confident. That is when I feel my sexiest. And if for a second I'm not confident, that's when it suddenly goes away. So like, confidence is truly key in this space of self love. That's the motto, girl. Now, last question. A genie gives you three wishes, and I don't want any of the Mother Teresa like I would give it to charity, which I'm sure you would, but. If you had to be entirely selfish, what would you do with those three wishes? So I don't know if this genie is allowed to bring back from the dead, but if he can bring back my dog and my cat, because I miss them both something terrible. They're the best. I miss them a lot. Then I would wish to eat unlimited amount of foods while retaining the physique that is my strongest final form, because, you know, I have to track what I eat, even though I eat quite a bit, I would like to be able to eat more. You know, I just, I just like to be able to keep eating and not eat protein and like still be jacked. That's what I, that's what I want. And then last, I would wish to be rich so that I can have a big house, like a ranch, and then I can adopt all the unwanted animals and give them home because they all deserve it. 